Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on February the 12th, 2013 for newcomers. I always get this out the way at the very beginning when the show run past you all the way through it. For newcomers, make sure you make good use of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com where you'll find lots of audios for free download. And I go through the history of the big system you're born into. It's not a hologram by any means at all. All that nonsense they're pushing out today is just to confuse you even further. It's a reality, and the reality is we've all been conned for generations by people who have known the sciences of government and governance as well, of, of down through the ages of whole empires, in fact. These, these, these sciences are not lost as one empire takes over from another one that's falling away. It's simply passed on. In fact, the advisors pass on too and move on. And that's why history is never lost, especially that kind of science, because it's so important for those who want to rule and dominate the rest, uh, all down through the ages. And it's really uh, taking leaps and bounds, of course, in the 20th century to the present time because of communication, uh, the type of education they can give uh, to select classes of people, and with um, with the Internet, too, and so on, and the, the, the advances in psychology, behaviorism, and also in uh, neuroscience as well. So you're really what you are, what most of you are out there, are what your, your masters want you to be. You have your own pet things that you want to believe in. Uh, you have even groups that you want to join. And some people even have their sexual proclivities given to them as well and become very radical about it because radicalization is very important to splinter all society to make it easily dominated by those who control. Just look at Iraq and all the other countries they've gone into. They're messed up. They will be forever. So help yourself to the audios. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you, and you can help me take along by getting the books and discs at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, where you will understand a little bit more of conology. That's the art of conning the people and ruling them forever. And you've got to read these books to understand how it's done. And you can also donate to and from the U.S. to Canada. Remember, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders from the post office. Or you can uh, send cash or use PayPal. And remember, straight donations are really seriously welcome across the world. You've got Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal once again. But that's the whole key to things. People don't know uh, that you're under a scientific indoctrination from birth right through your whole life. Most folk, generations of them die never really knowing what's going on. They think the news is somehow an appendage to their brain for their reasoning. They don't realize they're, they're all in cahoots to keep you in the dark. And the media, it's about grade, grade five level, they say now, the, the general uh, newspapers and so on. Uh, that's how it is. It's like a cartoon uh, system that gives you very simplistic quotations and so on to make you uh, believe that your betters, the better people up there, are taking care of the planet properly and you leave them alone to do it while you go off and play. That's what you've been trained that way. Not kidding, not kidding at all. That's what scientific socialism is. Is perpetual childhood, and that leaves the field open for those who want to get ahead and rule over you and make lots of money and live the high life too. And it's all been pretty well accomplished with the techniques today, as I say. 
But out there too, it's a, it's a, I always compare it to a minefield. When you come up out of a tunnel uh, where you've been living all your life and you, you go into the fields and you see the, the forest at the end of the field, how to get across there. And on the way, all these signs pop up and, and it's saying the truth is here or the truth is there or follow this, follow that. And it's all there deliberately, of course, to throw you off the track and, and from getting straight to the forest to where the truth really is hidden. And that's intentional. Don't forget the big boys who took over all media across the planet a long time ago all work together in one club. And that's imperative to control the world. You have to get standardized media all on board with the same agenda, with the same stories at the same time. So the whole world will all part about their stories and believe it all at the same time too. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix and reality really is it's a con game. It's a con game. It's very, very real indeed and you, you'll feel the pains of it too as you go through the system but the fact is it's a con game uh, it's to do with uh, social changes and so on because social changes are imperative for the big boys to weaken you, uh, destroy you all, fragment you all until you're all dysfunctional. You won't know you're dysfunctional. You'll think you're somehow evolving. And that's how they put it across to you. That everything's just evolving this way by itself. And all the planks of the Communist Manifesto, you'll notice, have been fulfilled as well, called dysfunctional. And, uh, and it's all a natural thing, apparently, that happens. But nothing is further from the truth because there's lots and lots of data out there. If you go through how they're going to get this all to happen with the Communist Manifesto and the destruction of the family unit and the massive porno industry that was really carried in Hollywood, and uh, and Sweden too, and other countries, and how it's been accomplished. And again, getting sneaking into the movies and gradually changing and up and and pushing the envelope with every generation until you think everything is quite natural. No one's happy with anyone else for any length of time. Uh, of course, you don't breed, which is one of the primal things that they wanted to do. The very prime things at the top was to stop you breeding, and they've been pretty successful. And now, as I say, they even have camps. What camp do you want to put yourself into, especially if you've gone through college, uh, as you get more indoctrination? Um, they've found in many, many studies before, and I've read them on the air, that the, the, the ones who go to college, university, the more indoctrination you get, the more politically correct you'll be, and you will join your various groups and all agree with each other because you're all politically correct. They're like clones of each other, and you're, you're not individualistic. You don't think for yourselves. And you'd be scared stiff to ever mention something, a thought that came across that might question the political correctness of any particular idea or agenda. But that's how humanity is controlled, very, very simply. And I've gone through articles by professors in the past and, and philosophers too. Philosophers are a great thing to get into because they, they tell you in ancient times how to control the mind of people and the techniques to use if you studied them well. And it's never really changed, only with today's uh, media, as I say, and, and television and movie industry, everyone's really getting the same programming and updates at the same time on what to think about any particular thing. It's all given to you. There's no reasoning process of your own involved. You simply come to the conclusion that was set for you to come to. It's quite simple. I can remember years ago reading uh, an article, uh, and it was a, a guy who said that if human beings were shaped like a triangle, uh, then they'd make their deity, their god, in the shape of a triangle. 
In other words, the latest thing you happen to be is what you then externalize into the greater world as to what's running you. And you see all this baloney about a computer system running the world. How wonderful is that, isn't it? So, so in other words, the latest thing we have is computer models is the greatest things in sliced bread, apparently. And they're never right even with their weather predictions. But, however, uh, they can always make predictions and say that, um, yeah, obviously the universe is reflecting. It's just reflecting what we, where we already are now. We've reached the pinnacle, right, with the computer. But there's no further to place to go. And you'll find this with the next thing that comes along beyond the computer and, and beyond that and beyond that. And we keep uh, putting up what we think as we try to become gods ourselves to explain the universe is such a joke. But um, that's quite natural for them to do that to the bottom levels. But you'll find that the computers, as I say, uh, they're specially built, of course, for all their, their functions and tasks, like the ones for weather control and weather predictions. And, of course, it all depends on how much data you throw into the thing as to what it's going to spew out. And for the ones, for all the, the, the climate uh, uh, fanatics, and they give you, uh, they, they emit so much data, it's just unbelievable. And we've gone through the scams of used in the past to convince us all that the weather's changing and it's all our fault, of course. There's too many people and therefore the big boys that run the world must then take charge and really bring you down in, in numbers. And also into austerity too, all to save the planet for themselves at the top. All by the use of computers. See, the computer says this, and, and they can't lie, and all that nonsense. But it's going even further than that. It says judges in the Philadelphia court system are now taking advantage of powerful, they like the word powerful new computer models, eh? Everything's powerful, eh? So it must be, I mean, it's really good. To help determine how much jail time an offender should get. And computers have been forecasting weather and economic trends for years, but applying algorithms to human behavior is relatively new. It all comes about because of the new developments in statistics. It's all statistics, you see, and computer science that are available to us that really weren't five or ten years ago, says University of Pennsylvania professor Richard Burke, a pioneer in the field. His forecasts, which use an algorithm to predict where someone will offend again, have been used by city probation and parole officers for about three years to decide how much supervision a defendant needs. Now, they've been studying these these uh, these people, um, offenders, for forever. Uh, they have all the data that they also have about it. They've done studies for the last hundred years. They know who's going to re-offend, where they live, who their friends are, and their, their socio-economic conditions, and all the rest of it. So there's, there's nothing new under the sun when it comes to that. But again, put it into the computer means it must be better, right? So computers now are going to help to decide how long they should serve in, in, in jail time, which will probably be less and less and less so they can get out and re-offend again more quickly, as they already are. So, again, the computer is not your gods. In fact, it's the worst thing we've ever had. In a sense, you stop thinking, you start working out problems for yourself. You look for answers from everybody else. You don't even know who they are. And you don't realize you're you're losing your own ability to reason and use logic. And that's one of the, the, the intentions of giving you the computer as well. But it's up to you to think for yourselves. Now, I met, I was thinking the other day there about this... Uh, this guy they're searching for in Southern California that went on his little rampage there. He, he was interesting too. He's far left. He wasn't a right wing at all. He's far left. And he was all for the multicultural thing, but he was going to go after the ones at the top of the different multicultural segments that he thought were, were siding with the system and letting their own people down. That, that was part of his kill list and so on. 
But uh, what's interesting too is I, I thought about it too. They're using this as, an, as a, an example for this big expansion on drones. So if they use it on this guy to find this killer, you see that it's good for everything, right? That, that's how the simple logic works with most people. Now they might even use one to kill him. If it's not him, then the next one. And then you'll have the killing within the U.S., uh, not just outside the U.S., by the use of drones. And that's how you naturalize it, you see. So this article here, too, is on Obama's expanding kill list. And it says here that the, the prosecutors always expand laws far beyond their intent, because the intent is to expand them before they put them in the books. Attorneys in civil cases do the same. For example, the 1970 Racketeer-Influenced and Corruption Organizations Act was passed in order to make it easier for the government to convict members of the mafia. Depends what mafia you're talking about, maybe. However, the law, despite its intent, was quickly expanded by prosecutors and attorneys and used in cases against pro-life activists, Catholic bishops, corporations accused of hiring illegal immigrants, and in divorce cases. Uh, junk bond king Michael Milken, a person with no ties to organized crime, was threatened with indictment, indictment under the RICO, the RICO Act, as his prosecutors have found that the asset freeze provisions in the Act is a convenient way to prevent a defendant from being able to pay attorneys and therefore makes it easier for prosecutors to coerce innocent defendants into a guilty plea. We're now witnessing the expansion of Obama's kill list. The list began under the Bush regime as a rationale for murdering suspect citizens of countries with which the U.S. was not at war. Now that in itself is an act of war if you don't get it. I mean, it really is. The Obama regime expanded the scope of the list to include the execution without due process of law of U.S. citizens accused without evidence presented in court of association with terrorism. This quickly expanded to include the American teenage son of a cleric used of preaching jihad against the West. The son's association with terrorism apparently was his blood relationship to his father. As Glenn Greenwald recently wrote, the power of the government to imprison and to murder its citizens without due process of law is a certain mark of dictatorship as tyrant, actually. It's what's called it, as tyranny. Dictatorship is government unconstrained by law. On February the 10th, the Wall Street Journal revealed that the Bama dictatorship now intends to expand the kill list to include those accused of acting against foreign governments. Mokhtar uh, Bel Mokhtar, uh, an Algerian militant accused of planning the January attack in an Algerian natural gas facility, has been chosen as a threat that is being used to expand Obama's kill list to include participants in internal disputes and civil wars of every country. If the Bama regime is on the side of the government, as in Algeria, it will kill the rebels opposing the government. If the Bama regime is on the side of the rebels, as in Libya, it will kill the government's leaders. Whether Washington sends a drone to murder Putin and the president of China remains to be seen, but don't be surprised if Washington has targeted the president of Iran. The elasticity of the kill list and its easy expansion makes it certain that Washington will be involved in extrajudicial executions of those associated with terrorism over much of the world. Americans themselves should be alarmed because the term association with terrorism is very elastic. Because they keep adding things to what terrorism, I mean, terrorism, you can expand the meaning into everything. Federal prosecutors have interpreted the term to include charitable contributions to Palestinians. The next time former U.S. Representative Cynthia McKinney gets on aid ship to Palestine, will Washington give the green light to Israel to kill her as a terrorist agent for her association with aid to Gaza, ruled by the terrorist organization Hamas? Already a year or, or, or two ago, the Director of Homeland Security said that the federal police agency's focus has shifted from terrorists to domestic extremists. Now, what is a domestic extremist, folks? 
another elastic and undefined term. A domestic extremist will also be the one who agrees with, uh, disagrees with Washington. They're also headed for the kill list. So internally, you're going to see folk killed off within the U.S. That's the whole point of it, folks. Where is the government going with this? It says, the most likely outcome is that everyone disliked or distrusted by those who have the power to add to the kill list will find themselves on the list. The government can expand the kill list beyond the original intent as easily as the RICO Act was expanded beyond its original intent. As the founding fathers knew and American people have forgotten, no one is safe in a dictatorship. Clearly, the American public lacks sufficient comprehension to remain a free people. All indications are that the, last, the large majority of Americans fear alleged terrorists in distant lands more than they fear their government's acquisition of dictatorial powers over them. So, it's true. It's true. It's uh, the whole world's under this uh, microscope here and the gun. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and talking about the big system, and it truly is a world system. It was in the 1970s, the, I've read the article before from the Club of Rome. The Club of Rome is one of the big think tanks, well funded by the big foundations and your tax money too by your governments. And they're the big think tank for the United Nations, which is also owned by the one system that runs the world. So the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations, Trilateral Commission, it's all one big group you see at the top with international bankers at the top who run it all and came up with the idea, taking over the world's resources, supplies and everything. That was the big objective at the beginning of the 20th century. And we're here. It's been, it's pretty well been all done. Anyway, the Club of Rome said in the 1970s that democracy would not work. Now, they would use democracy to fool the people at the bottom as we'd have wars across the world and, and, and under the guise of, um, a kind of liberation theology. And, and, and they, they certainly have used all the color revolutions, all the NGOs financed by foundations and your taxpayers' money to go into countries, undermine them, overthrow them, and then bring in the hard power, if necessary, that's the military, uh, in order to standardize the world. And, of course, the Club of Rome also said, too, that we need to bring in a post-consumerist society. That's austerity for you as well. Back in the 1970s, when they lay things out at the top, they never change their, their minds and say, oh, it's not working. Now, they'll make it work. Warm. If they have a square peg, they'll fit into a round hole. They have to hammer it in, folks. And that's what you see. But anyway, they did mention that they'd have to bring in authoritarian societies uh, across the world. And we've got them. And that's what you've got, authoritarian societies today. Most things are done by executive order and so on. And it's done with the, with the um, coordination uh, and, the, and the working together of all the different governments because the governments are all one today. They're all put in and chosen by the one group of people uh, that run the whole system. All the prime ministers and, and presidents are. Have been for a hundred years, according to Carl Quigley, who worked for the CFR as their historian. Anyway... He is getting back to authoritarian society. President Obama is considering a new set of uh, executive actions, which is executive orders, orders in council, the column elsewhere in the world. It's aimed at working around a recalcitrant uh, 
Congress, including policies that could allow struggling homeowners to refinance their mortgages. It sounds, that will start off with, it's like helping people, eh? Provide new protections for gays and lesbians, uh, make buildings more energy efficient, and toughen regulations for coal-fired power plants, according to people outside the White House involved in discussions on the issues. Well, why be involved in discussions if he's going to be the big tyrant and, and do it through executive order? And it says one of the first orders expected this week in the Obama administration will call for the creation of, of new standards on what critical private sector companies should do to protect their computer systems from hackers, to say. And then it goes on to say this, uh, the moves underscore Obama's increasingly aggressive use of executive authority, including 23 administrative actions on gun violence last month and previous orders that delayed deportations of young illegal immigrants and will lower student loan payments. These and other potential actions suggest that Obama is likely to rely heavily on executive powers to set domestic policy in his second term. You better believe it. I mean, welcome Stalin is, is here. On the White House official, one said that while the president does not see the actions as substitutes for more substantial legislation, he also wants to move forward on top priorities. Now, that's what the, that's what the, the Club of Rome, knowing there was a big world agenda to fulfill, and a social agenda too, I said in the 70s, remember, and they said that they would have to use these authoritarian guys to ram everything through because they had an agenda, a big long agenda, a lot of lists of things to accomplish, and this is where they're going with it all. It says, but the approach risks angering Republican lawmakers in Congress who say they're leery of granting the executive branch too much power and have already clashed with Obama over the issue. In a ruling last month, the federal appeals court said Obama exceeded his constitutional powers in naming several people to the National Labor Relations Board while the Senate was on a break. Well, that's common when they do that kind of stuff. It's a very dangerous road. He's going down contrary to the spirit of the Constitution. Never mind the spirit of the law, what about the law itself? You know, <laughs> the spirit of the law. It should be, it should be the constitution itself. They always use that term when they, like the spirit's a bit, you know, wishy-washy. You can, you can debate what that really means. But the fact is he's broke all the laws. That's the fact. Doesn't matter. But I also will put up tonight some articles on something he has passed and put in. And it's called the healthy, uh, advancing healthy housing, a strategy for action. Sounds very benign, doesn't it? But it's healthy homes, and in it you've got uh, all the wonderful pictures at the top with the happy families that don't exist. And then it shows you that they're bringing in uh, a whole bunch of health agencies, to do, environmental agencies too, to, to, to start upgrading your homes. Now what it means is they're going to put inspectors across the whole country. Probably, eventually it'll be on an annual basis a bit. You know they'll work towards that, because that's the, that's the global agenda. And see, there's too much leakage here, and you get carbon taxes, you probably get fines if you don't upgrade very quickly. All that kind of stuff. Although, say it's fungus, there's a fungus under there, you've got to move out, so I'm going to reduce and, and demolish it. It's all part of Agenda 21, if you really understand what's going on. Nothing that the government puts out is there to help you. I hope you understand that. Nothing they say is honest to you. It's always said, it's always for a different purpose, a different reason. And it goes through marketing, which is a new name for propaganda experts. And that's how they put it across to the simple people at the bottom. So they want the right to go into homes and start to inspect you or close you down or give you massive fines until you can't afford them. And then you just walk away from the house and give them the keys. So I'll put these links up tonight as well. 
at cuttingthroughthematrix.com at this end of the broadcast. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix and talking about these healthy homes and so on. And it's really all government intrusion and a lot of folks are going to lose their homes over this, too. Uh, because you understand how it really, really works. And it says, Federal agencies working to make the homes healthier. On February the 4th, 2013, HUD, HUD, with the U.S. Department of Energy, U.S. Department of Environmental Protection Agency, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the White House Council on Environmental Quality unveiled Advancing Healthy Housing, a Strategy for Action. And I'll put the PDF up with that tonight, too. And it says um, the, the, the vision of the federal agencies that developed the strategy is to reduce the number of American homes with residential health and safety hazards through achievement of five goals and priority action. And, uh, and it gives you the usual picture stuff to throw you off the track, which really all about was smelling children and all that. And it says, and it gives you the goals established to encourage adoption of federally recognized criteria for healthy homes. And that's the first one. Everything will have to be up to the new code, which keeps changing and gets upgraded all the time. The strategy for action calls upon federal agencies to develop consensus on the basic concept of a healthy home, building off eight characteristics, including dry, clean, pest-free, uh, safe, contaminant-free. <laughs> That'd be hard to find in this day and age when you've got all this nylon stuff and nylon carpets when they've been killing you for years. Well-ventilated and well-maintained and thermally controlled, you see. As any heat loss, you're going to get carbon taxes. And I encourage adoptions of this consensus across federal agencies, tribal governments, state and local governments, and non-governmental organizations. You see, once again, these people who are not in your government are going to be running your lives. Very similar to Britain, you see, under this collectivist system they're bringing you, bringing you down to. And then they're going to goal three and, and developing, developing, and so on, clean air, energy, and so on, economic and educate the public about healthy homes. The strategy promotes adoption of a public communications campaign to help people connect the dots between their health and their home. And then goal five, support research and reforms and advances healthy housing in a cost-effective manner. The strategy identifies areas in which rigorous healthy homes research is needed to help federal, state, and local stakeholders enhance the decision-making in a cost-effective manner and reduce actions that have unintended consequences. Let's work together to promote healthy homes so they can demolish them. <laughs> what you're living in, folks. So everything's done this way, you understand. Sometimes marketers and neuroscientists and psychologists to, to con you. Meanwhile, of course, uh, Obama's brought in the, the Obamacare, which, of course, it's not really him who brought it in. Hillary Clinton was working on it two uh, years ago and talked about it. Because this gender for the world, see, there's plenty of us now, you see the claim, because there's massive immigration. And we've come to believe through all the propaganda, it's, it's rep- repetition and so on, propaganda, that there's too many of us and life is cheap. And, uh, you, you know, who cares if someone gets killed here or there? So you're bringing in a healthcare system that's got the basic minimum of care. In fact, it'll keep going down too, just like they did with Britain, that used to have a functioning one at one time, and now it's a disaster. But that's the one that Obama's copying because the Rand Corporation said, well, we'll use the British system. Anyway, it says the National Health Service in Britain 
Commissioning Board uh, said the nine trusts have stood out on the hospital standards mortality ratio for two years in a row. To do with the, the hospital deaths now, it's just it's escalating. If you don't go into a hospital, they'll kill you. And they've got a whole bunch of hospitals here that are way over the death rates. There's about nine of them listed here. There's a lot more of them too. So last week, Sir Bruce said the five trusts to be probed were identified by the summary hospital level mortality indicator as having higher than expected death rates. Figures suggest there were 3,000 more deaths than expected in one hospital, Colchester Hospital University, National Health Service Foundation Trust, Timeside Hospital, and so on, Blackpool Teaching Hospital, Basildon and Thurrock University Hospitals, and National Health Service Foundation Trust, and East Lancashire Hospital. It says here they want to do a thorough and rigorous investigation. You always get that in the British Empire. We're still a British Empire, you understand. It's never gone away. We're just little parts of the Dominion. But... um. These, you have endless inquiries, you see. So these hospitals are already working closely with a range of regulators. The purpose of investigations is to assure patients, public and parliament, that these hospitals understand why they have high mortality and have all the support they need to improve. And then it comes out what's been happening, you know. It says, it's, it's between 2005 2009, they're looking at all of the patients that were dying and living in a mess. So patients were left for hours sitting in their own feces, Food and drink was left out of reach, and hygiene was so poor that relatives had to clean the toilets themselves. Actually, relatives were coming in and taking away the, the linen and, and taking them out and washing them and bringing them back. Now, that's what you used to have in the Soviet Union, folks, because I know folk who, who were in the Soviet Union and had to go and visit their relatives in, from, from Britain and elsewhere. And they had to bribe the hospital staff. But that's how it was then. The place stunk. And if you want anything changed, you have to bribe them. You understand, that's where you are now with the system, too. Which tells you a lot about the culture, plummeting. Many reasons for that, too. But it's plummeted. No one cares anymore. And it says in his report, Robert Francis refused to point the finger at any organization or individual, instead blaming an insidious negative culture. I wonder where that came from. After Monday's announcement, Northern Lincolnshire and, and Gould Chief Executive Karen Jackson says Sir Bruce has stressed it's not an inspection but an improvement exercise. <laughs> oh. I mean, this is incredible. The turned, you understand, you're looking at failed states, people. These are called failed states. Failed by design. Brought down to utter cultural destruction by design. Until you end up with this kind of mess where no one cares anymore. This is, I always think back to Kissinger, who said that his strategy, if he was taking the whole strategy for the war across the entire Middle East and so on in Asia and Africa, he said that uh, he would destroy, um, simply get destroy the countries by, get, by financing all the different factions of religious groups, getting them fight forever until they could never cooperate and stand against any aggressor from outside. Well, that's happened to an extent. Because once we've demolished all these countries that were really first world countries, uh, now they're back in the Stone Age, and then they're all funded, and all the different groups are being funded to fight each other forever. They're dysfunctional now. But you also can do the same within society itself, even in your own countries. That's what was done with the culture wars within your own countries, if you haven't clued in. Until you have so many groups, and the Club of Rome said this themselves, there were so many special interest groups, they knew this because they were promoting them all. That eventually there'd be complete dysfunction and they'd have to bring in authoritarian societies. Well, you've been, you've had this war on you your whole lives and your parents before you. These were the culture wars 
until everyone's dysfunctional. And they even, they even train you at school to have a chip in your shoulder, what young children often do to find out what's going on. Most of them never find out what's going on. And they give you all these, it's like walking into a store and you've got all these racks of suits to wear and styles to wear. But for every person, there's one for you already made. Join this club, join this group, join that group, be radical. It's right down to the sexual mores of it all, you know. It's all done for you. And the folk who, who join them all haven't a clue, they're all getting used. To bring down society until authoritarian comes in, a society comes in and, and starts to take care of it all because no one's cooperating, everyone's fighting everybody else. It's wonderful, isn't it? Great strategy. Very old, by the way. And we're living through it. And today it's called political correctness, even though they're all arguing at each other's throats for grant money and power and supremacy. <laughs> Quite funny, really, isn't it? Now, also, too, they bring you down through inoculations and drugs and even. I've read the articles on the air where Bertrand Russell, Lord Bertrand Russell, that worked with the Frankfurt School and the Macy Group and all the other groups out there for, they were, going, they were given charge of changing the cultures, uh, during and after World War II. And he said, eventually we shall use the needle. The needle, he says, in one of his books, I've read it on the air, uh, to dumb the folk down. And he also said, too, that anyone who escapes detection at school, because, you see, people used to, leadership comes naturally within different groups of people. And you can tell at school who's got leadership qualities, who hasn't. Well, now they drug them. And Russell said, in the past, we used to give them scholarships, you see, and the ones we'd pick. And we'd, we'd finance them to come into our system by going to the better schools. They have to come into our system, work for us. And if they, if they ever uh, uh, went back to their old families, if they, if they still kept in touch with them, didn't cut off their old classes and so on, we'd have to eliminate them. He meant kill them because they could become leaders and oppose this totalitarian system they're bringing in. But he used all that needle too. Now, Gardasil now destroys girls' ovaries. Research on ovaries never considered, apparently, in, in their studies at the start. It's quite a good article. And it says the British Medical Journal has published a case report of a healthy 16-year-old Australian girl whose womanhood appears to have been stolen by Gardasil vaccinations. She's been thrust into full-fledged menopause. 16-year-old. Her ovaries irrevocably shut down before becoming a woman. Well, that goes along. That goes along with sterilization and no more children. You wonder why the guys are all becoming sterile too? It's all coincidence as they keep pushing more injections and vaccinations. Of course, they don't, folk can't get their head across, you know, they can't even see the minefield. They have to jump over the minefield to start to see what's really going on. Because then, when you really understand it, what are you going to do in life? Are you going to oppose it or do, see, it gives you, when you, understanding gives you, um, it gives you something you have to do then. If you really understand it, what you're going to do, you have to do something. You have to say something. Be involved in something to stop all this. And most folk don't want that. They've been tamed. Mind you, they've had this needle too, so they're dumbed down and happy. Like Bertrand Russell said. Anyway. It says the authors Deidre Theresa Little and Harvey Roderick Grenville Ward drew direct attention to the fact that though the girl had been thoroughly examined and tested, there's no known explanation other than the series of three Gardasil vaccinations that she had. This is from the British Medical Journal. Making matters worse is that there may be many other such cases, but most are likely masked by the routine treatment of irregular or scantily or scanty menstruation with oral contraceptives. Indeed, it's only because this girl refused them that the truth of her situation was unmasked. 
just how many other girls have lost their chance at motherhood but don't know because their condition is masked. The authors noted that although the Therapeutic Goods Administration of Australia provided data on the histology of rat testes and epididymis of an Australian public assessment report for human papilloma quadrivant vaccine, no information is provided for rat ovaries. They sent a freedom of information request for documented rat ovarian histology post-quadrivalent HPV vaccination that may have been performed by the sponsor and forwarded to the TGA. No, there's only one uh, quadrivalent HPV vaccine, it's called Gardasil, and it gives you the report of this highly significant missing data. So, you know, most people put, oh, well, I guess it's just accidental or just a one-off thing. Obviously, it's one-off, you know. Or she must have had the wrong genes for it. It's probably reacted because she had bad genes. This is a common thing that they put up through in the marketing departments uh, that go on the defensive for this kind of stuff. Quite suddenly. Also, the mechanisms of the aluminum adjuvant is revealed and the vaccine risks to children are clarified. It's quite a good article, this too. And it says, a new journal report destroys the concept that the adjuvant-based vaccines are safe for children. The methods by which the aluminum acts as a vaccine adjuvant and how that can affect a developing child are examined. It leaves little room to doubt that we've been playing with the health and the future of our children. The report demonstrates that genuine investigation of vaccine risk has not been undertaken. Believe you me, they know at the top what they're doing. It says the means by which both immunological and neurological damage occur are explained. And it says the study by Lucidia Tom Linovic, it says, and Christopher Shaw, entitled Mechanisms of Aluminum uh, Adjuvant Toxicity and Autoimmunity in Pediatric Populations, was published in the journal Lupus. It starts with a direct but gently worded statement of the issue. It says aluminum is highly neurotoxic and has been shown to impair both prenatal and postnatal brain development in humans and experimental animals. In addition to its neurotoxic properties, uh, it's also a potent stimulator of the immune system, which is the very reason why it's used as an adjuvant given this. It is something uh, what's surprising to find that in spite of over 80 years of use, the safety of aluminum adjuvants continues to rest on assumptions rather than scientific evidence. Since the article is heavily cited and all factual claims are backed up by citations of uh, studies. And I'll put that up tonight too for those who really care, you know, if anybody does. And also this one is very interesting because... I've read the articles before, I put up links to videos to do with the massive increase now in allergies and autoimmune problems and so on. Now, what does all these vaccinations do? They affect your immune system, folks. There's your link. <laughs> and they knock them out of whack until your body's literally a full-scale war with everything what it shouldn't be. Until when something real comes along, it's so weakened, fighting everything else it doesn't have to, it can't attack something that's real. And you have all these allergies and hay fevers and so on. Asthma has skyrocketed too. And they know all this stuff. They know it all at the top. The spectrum of ASIA is called autoimmune auto-inflammatory syndrome induced by adjuvants. And it says, it says, um, 
And it gives you all the doctors involved and, and so on. Physicians are often puzzled by an enigmatic medical condition or the abrupt appearance of an immune-mediated disease. Such a story was recently presented by young Sheik, it says. A Saudi Sheik, I think it was, this is an Israeli site study it was done, who suffered at the age of 27 from joint pains, rash, and serological evidence of anti-row antibodies, was diagnosed with probable systemic lupus erythromatosis, at the time, he was treated with uh, uh, Plaquenil, it says, for a year, but as no signs of SLE were apparent, treatment was stopped, and he remained disease-free for the next 12 years. Then at the age of 39, two weeks after immunization with the flu vaccine, his disease re-emerged. This time, he presented with severe arthritis and pericarditis, inflammation of the, the, that's aligning around the heart, which requires treatment with high doses of steroids. This patient's story illustrates the acceleration of an autoimmune or immune-mediated condition following exposure to external stimuli. During the past year, a new syndrome was introduced and termed ASIA, autoimmune inflammatory syndrome uh, induced by adjuvants. This syndrome assembled, assembles a spectrum of immune-mediated diseases triggered by adjuvant stimulus. And the use of medical adjuvants has become common practice, and substances such as aluminum adjuvant are added to most human and animal vaccines, while the adjuvant silicon is extensively used for breast implants and cosmetic procedures. Furthermore, hidden adjuvants such as infectious material or household molds have also been associated with different immune-mediated conditions. It says the adjuvant effect has been recognized for, for years and is broadly utilized to enhance desired antigen-specific immune responses. So I'll put this article up tonight. For the, and it's a lot out there. I've got it now. I mean, you've got now you've got massive uh, juvenile arthritis, as common as can be now. Everything becomes common after a while because they never admit they're doing anything wrong to you. And you understand, reality is always overcome by propaganda and repetition. That's all it takes. That's all it takes, folks. Doesn't not much at all. Eh? And also, scientists point out corruption in vaccines promotion. And it's quite a good article, too, to do with uh, corruption in science. And uh, Because really, uh, they're always fudging their studies that they're always found out later. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they fudge their studies. They continue because they bribe government and lobby the governments to put more into you. There's an agenda at work here, and it's not, not just for the massive money they make. I hope you understand that. A war's going on. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt, we're back cutting through the Matrix, and we live in a world where they've always killed folk, the boys at the top, always, if they can't get you, you know, smear campaign or whatever works on you, they can't do that, then they try, they'll just kill you. They call it wet jobs, by the way, and, and MI6, CIA, and there's other techniques too, which are dry jobs, where you don't find a trace of anything, there's this fantastic uh, system out there of killing folk, but anyway... And, and also, too, when they do a wet job these days, it's generally to warn everybody else who's involved and maybe exposing things. But anyway, Peter Marshall wrote a book about conspiracy. Remember him? Top pilot, the whole bits. He'd worked with government and, and for different things on aviation. And he said that the, the planes could not have brought down the towers. It was demolition. Anyway, it says he, was, he wrote a conspiracy. Was he a victim of one? It says the 9-11 truther Philip Marshall and his entire family were recently found dead of gunshot wounds in what authorities are calling a murder-suicide. 
Marshall was a top uh, former airline pilot and 9-11 conspiracy theorist who, and a book writer who believed that the Bush administration with cooperation from Saudi intelligence had committed the false flag terrorist attack on September 11, 2001. Uh, Marshall was also a former CIA and DEA pilot uh, during the Iran-Contra scandal. Marshall lived on in fear for his life while writing his 9-11 truther book implicating the U.S. government and George Bush in the false flag attacks. This has the government begun an all-out assault on whistleblowers and so-called truthers. Uh, that would certainly put at least 50% of, of before its news and other ones, readers and reporters, contributors in jeopardy of a drone strike or accident for merely seeking truth. Well, that's a fact. If you haven't noticed that, that your country's been slaughtering folk around the world since Gulf War I now, without a stop. Anyway, I'll put this article up tonight. For anyone that really cares about it, too. Most folk don't. They just chew their gum and see what the next movie is. Afghanistan 2 confirms the United Nations report on the child killings by U.S.-led troops. And I'll put that up tonight, too. And then right next to it, there's NATO rejects the U.N. report on death of Afghan children. What do you expect them to say? You know, because we love children, don't we? Don't, doesn't government love children as they vaccinate them and watch them regress into autism and stuff like that? They love children. You better believe, folks, there's a war going on, all right. And they talked about it and published books about it for a hundred years and from their own agencies and societies that belong to. And all the problems they foresaw in the future, too many folk, too many of the wrong kind of people, too, and how to deal with people who can't charm, like Bertrand Russell says, well, you've got to, you know, eliminate them by any means possible, because a person who can talk and understands it can, can, can influence lots of other people. You understand? And they can't have that. So they try to get you on board and give you little bribes and, and, and uh, little things to entice you, and if you won't go for it, so they just have to kill you. And that's a fact. Because 9-11 must go down in history, like many other things are going down in history, as though they're written by God. And if you question them, poof. It's just not very helpful to the big system at the top, especially if you have data and facts. Facts are, it doesn't matter about facts anymore. Even in Canada, after 9-11, a, a few months afterwards, they showed you a lot of the guys that supposedly were in those planes that brought the towers down. And this is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, the government-run television station. They showed you the photographs of folk who complained in, in different parts of the Middle East that were still alive. When it was a taxi driver, in fact, he says, I wasn't on that plane. That just, facts don't matter anymore with his gender, as you understand. And that's what you're living in today, folks. The biggest thing you can play with is your head. And they're playing with your heads all the time. Of course, they're pretending now it's just like a computer simulation because, well, we're the masters of computers now. We've got that high. It must be that. What else can it be? And then all the shysters will come up with their books on it and make a lot of money. Anyway, from Hamish from South Frontier, Canada is good night to me. Your God, or your gods go with you. <laughs>